KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, January 29th. What would it take to get San Diego out of the purple tier? That's next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 1,400 new COVID-19 infections and 69 additional deaths on Thursday. That's the second highest number of single-day COVID-19 deaths. As San Diego County leaders have repeated, one day does not make a trend, but Thursday's data shows that case rates are not so much dropping as much as they are plateauing. Also, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher announced on Thursday the Metropolitan Transit System and the North County Transit District will now offer free rides to anyone going to or from their vaccine appointments. You only need to show some form of an email confirmation of your appointment. San Diego will start enforcing parking regulations again starting today. The announcement came on Thursday following the California Department of Public Health lifting regional stay-at-home orders. Through February 7th, the city will issue warnings, but after that, it's citations and fines. Well, the rain is here. It's the third storm in an atmospheric river that's coming from the north. It's expected to last through the day and then turn into scattered showers by this evening. The National Weather Service has issued a flash flood watch in coastal areas, valleys, and the western mountains. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. the regional stay-at-home orders lifted, San Diego still faces a list of restrictions because the county remains in the purple tier of the COVID-19 reopening system. To get out of the purple tier restrictions, we'll need to see a dramatic drop in case rates in the county. Right now, San Diego's adjusted case rate is 50 cases per 100,000 people and will need to be at 7 or less per 100,000 people to get to that less restrictive red tier. KPB 
PBS reporter Matt Hoffman says officials are hoping to reduce those numbers as a new, more contagious strain of the virus is spreading. Officials believe a 71-year-old died from a more contagious variant of COVID-19 that's been traced back to the United Kingdom. County Public Health Dr. Eric McDonald says some 150 suspected cases of the B117 variant have been found in San Diego County. That's a small number compared to the total number of cases in the county, but uh, we do think that number is uh, increasing and may represent uh, one to two percent of all the cases that are out there. The potential impact of that uh, could be seen in a surge later in uh, February and into March. The variant is in the community, but health officials say the measures to contain it are no different. Wearing masks, social distancing, uh, using only uh, essential activities outside the household. Countywide, there has been a slight downtrend in hospitalizations and intensive care unit admissions, but those numbers still remain high. And that was KPBS's Matt Hoffman. San Diego County's top health care, government, and maternal and infant health experts joined together on Thursday to launch Black Legacy Now. It's a campaign to improve birth and maternal health outcomes for black families in San Diego County. Dr. Wilma Wooten of the county's Health and Human Services Agency says the initiative should improve implicit health care biases towards black mothers and their children. These disparities mirror state and national trends are far higher for black mothers compared to other racial and ethnic groups and uh, persist regardless of protective factors such as the mother's income, education, or prenatal care. Black infants and black pregnant mothers in San Diego County are roughly three times more likely to die due to childbirth complications than their white counterparts. A Coronado man faces federal charges with illegally entering the nation's capital during the January 6th siege. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says the man admits he was caught on tape. Jeffrey Alexander Smith is a 33-year-old Army veteran who spent one tour in Iraq. Living in Coronado with his parents, he went to Washington, D.C. for the January 6th rally that turned into the siege of the capital. His attorney, John Rice, says he was caught up in the moment. I think many of the people there will tell you uh, they were kind of swept up in the moment. I think it was there was a large crowd, uh, there was a lot of excitement, uh, and you know it just kind of went along with the crowd. Charged with two misdemeanor counts, Smith admitted to participating in the siege. At one point, posting a video on Instagram, the magistrate allowed Smith to be released on a twenty-five thousand dollar bond. Smith is part of a larger federal probe into violence during the January 6th storming of the Capitol. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. That was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. The Port of San Diego just endured a brutal financial year thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. The agency is charged with managing the land around San Diego Bay. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson recently sat outside next to the San Diego Bay and spoke with the chair of the Port Commission, Michael Zuckett. He said 2020 was an unprecedented challenge. On the one hand, you know, cruise ships, hotels, restaurants convention-based businesses. Not a, not a good year for those, uh, for those tenants and for those entities, and to the extent they pay rent to the port, that's been a particularly 
uh, challenging part of our book of business. Luckily, we're also quite diversified, provide a lot of cargo, marine terminals. Dole is still shipping billions of bananas uh, every year. We're still handling a lot of cargo. Shipbuilders and ship repair is still thriving. You know, hundreds of thousands of cars from Asia still coming. And so, you know, we're sort of just navigating all of that. Um, luckily, as an organization, we had substantial financial reserves, which we have used this year. I think this is the definition of a rainy day as it, as it relates to public entities, and so we've used that. The big question is, you know, is this summer really the beginning again of some form of normalcy? Um, that's the optimistic view and maybe the base case, but who the heck knows? Has this financial crunch inhibited your ability to do what you feel is necessary for the port to do for the people of San Diego. So we have a we have a need to spend money to maintain these these lands and we've been able to do that. We have definitely cut a lot of expenses. We've deferred certain capital projects. We've uh, instituted a hiring freeze. Our employees have, have given back uh, pay increases. So there has been sacrifice, but in terms of delivering those services, uh, we've continued. In fact, you know, these, these parks and this open space and access to the waterfront has been particularly important during the pandemic because, you know, that's, that's some safe outdoor socially distanced activities uh, that we can do. When you think of the year ahead, what do you think of? You know, continued navigation uh, of the pandemic and continuing on with those services. The port, you know, uh, is responsible for tens of thousands of jobs, you know, cargo and goods that are important for uh, for for San Diego and for our region and, and for the country, frankly. So continuing on all of that is, is number one. Um, number two, we've got some transitions at the port that are happening. We have some new commissioners. We have a new president and CEO. Third, we have a number of projects in the pipeline, uh, some high-profile projects related to reimagining Seaport Village, the Chula Vista Bayfront product, project, and a number of others that are important. Uh, and then for me personally, the initiative this year that, that, that I've really identified and I'm going to be working on is, is clean air. Uh, the port obviously engages in a lot of activities that, uh, that affect our environment, and particularly as it relates to diesel truck trips through some portside communities. If you think about the port today, and then think about where the port will be in five years, what transition can we expect? Well, I think for starters we could be on our way to a fully electrified port um, and not just in terms of diesel truck traffic but you know that's something that is a possibility within the next decade and to get there in 10 years we have to start now with charging infrastructure with you know shore power and microgrids and dealing with cruise ships and, and everything else and so I think you'll see a energy and a, and a greenhouse gas emission and diesel emission transformation of the port over the next five to ten years. That was San Diego Port Commission Chair Mike Zuckett speaking with KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. Coming up, fact-checking wild rumors that baseball legend Hank Aaron's death was caused by a COVID-19 vaccine. We'll have that story next, just after the break. 
I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. This week, baseball's beloved Hank Aaron passed away. Soon thereafter, posts spread on social media falsely suggesting that the baseball legend's death was caused by a COVID-19 vaccine. So, for this week's Can You Handle the Truth segment from our partners at Cap Radio, anchor Mike Haggerty spoke with PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols to fact-check those claims. Of course, Hank Aaron was a beloved figure, a Hall of Famer who battled racial justice on the way to breaking Major League Baseball's career home run record in 1974. He passed away last week at the age of 86. Now these questionable social media posts are popping up. Chris, what are they saying? Well, they're strongly and falsely implying that Aaron died from the COVID-19 vaccine that he received in early January. PolitiFact examined these claims and found there is no evidence to support them. In fact, just the opposite. The Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office told news outlets in Georgia where Aaron died that there was no indication that the vaccine contributed to his death. That office said Aaron appeared to have died of natural causes. And one of the saddest parts about all this misinformation is that Aaron himself was really proud to publicly take the vaccine so that he could help build trust among Americans who are worried about its safety. He spoke with the Associated Press shortly after getting his shot. I feel quite proud of myself of doing something like this. You know, it's just it's a small thing that can help zillions of people in this in this country. And then, of course, we saw those posts that had no connection to reality. The COVID-19 vaccines have been studied for months. Remind us what public health experts have said about them. Infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci has spoken publicly about them many times. He's knocked down this idea that the speed with which the vaccines were developed means they're not safe. Some people expressed concern that corners were cut or there were political motivations. Here's what Dr. Fauci told ABC in December. The speed was not at all at the sacrifice of safety. The speed was the reflection of extraordinary advances in the science of vaccine platform technology. Fauci, in a separate interview, also talked about all of the trials done on these vaccines, making the point that there is a record to show the safety of the vaccines. We've had clinical trials, and thanks to the volunteers in that trial, in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products. Chris, PolitiFact has been busy fact-checking other misinformation about vaccines. Can you give us some other examples? There's really been a lot of bad information on this topic, and these false claims have spread in online communities that are skeptical of medical science and the power of the federal government. 
PolitiFact has fact-checked many unproven and inaccurate claims. Those include the false allegations that say the vaccines can cause death and infertility, that all Americans will be forced to get vaccinated, and even the really wild claims that say the vaccines are part of a larger plan to implant people with microchips. And that was CAP Radio's PolitiFact California reporter, Chris Nichols, speaking with anchor Mike Haggerty. You can find full versions of all of the fact checks at politifact.com slash California. And for our arts segment today, Ukraine has submitted a dozen films for Oscar consideration since 1997, but it's yet to win a nomination. This year's Ukrainian submission for the Academy's Best International Feature is Atlantis. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando says you can buy a virtual ticket through Digital Gym Cinema. Atlantis is a film that deserves to be in a cinema where it can command a viewer's full attention. I worry that this slow, elegantly crafted film may lose people who are watching at home where distractions abound. Atlantis serves up a dystopian Ukraine of the near future. You, your fathers and your grandfathers work long and hard to produce a decent living for your families, but times are changing. Eastern Ukraine has become uninhabitable, but people traverse the desert to explode old mines and exhume bodies left by a war. Director Valentin Vasyanovich constructs his film in a series of 28 shots, mostly from a slightly distant and static camera. The lengthy shots may test the patience of viewers accustomed to rapid cuts that assume attention spans are a mere few seconds. But each shot is beautifully and carefully designed so that if you wait and pay attention, you'll be rewarded. Sometimes the length and stillness are there to make you think, as when we watch an autopsy. We feel like an observer as the camera lingers objectively on the corpse. As we hear it being described, we think about war and violence in a different way. Atlantis is a remarkable film, but you need to give it your full attention to appreciate it. And that was KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.